What's up, hockey fans, and welcome back to the Good Goal Podcast. This is episode 26. I am Christian Brady. I'm coming to you from Foxborough, Massachusetts. That's Matt Tiart from Fishersville, Virginia. I got it this time. Yep. And we're here to talk all things hockey because we haven't in a long time. But it's December 30th. It's almost the end of the year, and we have a plan for hockey next year. Matt, how are you feeling about that? I'm pumped. Um, as soon as they even announced that they had an idea of a season, uh, I texted you right away. And I'm just glad that my final semester at Clemson, I graduate in May, tears, um, is going to be literally filled with hockey. I mean, yeah, I think there's only, like I said in our conversation yesterday, I think there's only three days between now and May 8th, which is the end of the regular season, where there's only one game. The rest has like 11, 10 games. Right, so. and who's to say those days won't fill? Who knows? I don't know if you hope for COVID cases so that you never have to miss a day of hockey, but. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, with everything moving around, that date might be pushed back or so. We'll see. But it's exciting. All right. Okay, well, why don't we go into the plan in depth. NHL in 2021. So training camps for non-playoff teams will open tomorrow, Thursday, December 31st. And all those playoff teams, including the play-in team, um, they will open their training camps on Sunday, January 3rd. So we're really getting there. And most players, I'm sure, have already arrived on scene and they'll have official practices starting this week. Uh, the NHLPA and NHL agreed on a 56-game season, which will begin on January 13th. And those 56 games will be played in division with new division lines drawn. And each team will play each other team in their division eight or more times, depending on the division and the team. And then four from each division will make the playoffs, a crown of division champion who advances to the semifinals. And this creates a lot of back-to-backs. It creates a lot of rivalries, I imagine. So it's going to make for a, a super fun year. Yeah. Uh, and we get to see, and we're going to, go through every team in each division here in a sec but we get to see um potentially old rivalries show up again and also rivalries that have kind of died down come back up because you have to play eight times and with Mm -hmm. only four teams in each division making the playoffs no wild cards no weird point scoring with games in hand i imagine you play your 56 whoever has the most points um whoever has the top four points gets in. So uh, some of the rivalries are going to get chippy and it's, it's going to be awesome. Yeah. And with there, there only being 56 games, every single game is more important. Um, and a lot of back-to-backs where team will go into a city, play two games and then leave. Um, so you can get four point swings within a division in a year where the best team is only going to get like 80 points. Yeah. That's going to mean a lot. Every weekend is going to be extremely important. Yeah, and like we talked about earlier, if you get 80 points in this season, you deserve to make the playoffs because that's, mm-hmm. I mean, at face value, that's 40 and 16. That's that's yeah. an unbelievable record. That's crazy. So, yeah. Um, and I think these back-to-backs, it's going to be uh, interesting to see how coaches strategize for those, especially with goalie situations, um, players, covid you know, how mm-hmm. how many skaters they're allowed and things like that. Because as we've mentioned before and we're mentioning now, 
having an having a good backup goalie is so important and this season now more than ever because goalies one a's and one b's like you usually say um on a back-to-back is important already but when you're trying to make the playoffs you're at game 48 and you have a friday saturday game teams like vegas that have mark andre Fleury and robin laner are going to succeed at a much higher rate than other teams that only have one star goalie so yeah it puts a huge premium on that as if there weren't already one like you said yeah <clears throat> so why don't we get into the divisions man i'll start with the north the canadian division hashtag all, we are the north all seven canadian teams that's right are in this division, I'll, I'll rattle them off. Calgary, Vancouver, Edmonton, Ottawa, Toronto, Montreal, Winnipeg. Yeah, that's it's, it's crazy because Canada's on the come up, which is weird to say because they invented the sport. But yeah. you, every team you rattle off other than Ottawa, and we've already trashed them enough, so we don't have to – we can stay away from that. Yeah. Every team has a chance to win that division. So, oh, yeah. And like you mentioned, we get the Battle of Alberta nine times, which I think we got it four times last season. And it was the best thing ever. Yeah. We and got we, go- we had times. goalies fighting at center ice last season. So, yeah, exactly. And then those goalies switched teams. <laughs> <laughs> but you have other stories out of this division Vancouver, Ottawa all teams that have new goalies coming into this season, even Montreal picked up Jake Allen in the off season as their backup or hopefully their one a, if things work out for them. Um, Winnipeg has, I mean, just stick on the goaltending. Winnipeg is the defending Vesna champion. So it should be a stingy league for goals. It'll be exciting to watch that. But finally, I mean, finally, yeah. <laughs> kind of how you about get some respect, but I know, um, yeah, Vancouver, uh, I'm going to start crying, talking about Holpe. Um, Toronto, we've trashed them enough as well. Their top line is worth $400 million, and they mm-hmm. score three goals a year. Um, and then Montreal, our biggest thing with Montreal is the the strain that is put on Carey Price when he has to play 60 games. There's not even 60 games in this entire season. So that's my biggest question with this entire division is if Carey Price only has to play max 35 games, I mean, he's going to be ready to go for the playoffs. And that's a scary thing if they get in. Yeah. Can Jake Allen return to blues backup slash starter Jake Allen and take off a load on Carey Price? And yeah. if Montreal can be successful with Jake Allen in the net, I think it goes so well for them in the playoffs. Yep. But who knows? There are a lot of good teams in that division. So I think that's a division that has gotten significantly harder with the, the redrawn, um, especially since three teams from each division have eight made it before. And now four teams are making it from seven here. It makes that so much crazier to say, but there are so many good teams in this division. It's just it's hard to pick four right now, even though you're only picking from seven. I think because hockey is a Canadian sport, and I think this is an all-Canadian team, it is a – the pressure is amplified by a 1,000. If you're not one of the four teams that makes it in to the playoffs from this division, to me, you're letting your country down. This is your – this this is a chance to defend 
your country that came up with this sport. I was just going to say, every time a Canadian team plays each other, they make it Hockey Night in Canada. So is every game going to be on TSN this year? Every night is Hockey Night in Canada yeah. this season. So that, that'll be a lot of fun. I can't wait to tune in to some of those games because, I mean, who knows? Stylistically, it could be different. That's something we haven't talked about yet. With teams literally only playing each other, the styles of each division could drastically change depending on, you know, what teams are setting the pace. And, uh, you know, if one team is extra physical and forces every other team to sort of catch up with them physicality-wise, they could go into the playoffs and do the semifinals playing a league that was not physical at all and played all skill. And then we have a complete clashing of styles that who knows? We've never seen anything like that. So I think each the game in each division could drastically change over the, the course of the year. That's a good point, uh, especially with teams having to play McDavid and now the reigning Hart Trophy winner, Leon Dreisaitl, nine times in a season. Um, they're going to be tired. They're going to have to be physical. And another aspect of you saying teams changing their games, their style of play is fatigue that, yeah, they're playing less games, but if they're not used to a certain style of play going into the playoffs, they're going to have to try to change again to win a seven-game series. So Yeah, they're only moving back the start of the playoffs by 20 or so days. And – so that would mean by January 20th, since they're starting, or whatever, we'll say January 30th, they would typically have 56 games left to play. There's, I mean, there's no way, or 50 games, whatever it's going to be. Yeah. In a normal season, they don't pack nearly this many games into this amount of time. So it's not no, like they're I, just taking And out of the all-star break, it kind of, I mean, it, the, the amount of games slow down because the intensity of the games go up, mm -hmm. so... Yeah, so it's going to be a lot of fun. Let's move on to the East. You want to rattle off the East for us, Matt? Yeah, I'll go ahead. Uh, the Boston Bruins, the Buffalo Sabres, the New Jersey Devils, the New York, both New York teams, Islanders and Rangers, Philadelphia Flyers, the Pittsburgh Penguins, and the Washington Capitals. So if you are an avid Good Goal podcast fan, you heard right. The Bruins and the Capitals are in the same division. And they will be playing eight times this year. And me and I graduated, I think, May 7th. The end of the regular season is May 8th, which means Christian and I will get all eight Bruins-Capitals games together. Right. So They usually play three times, and it's always a big deal to us. So now it's eight times. <laughs> oh, but good times. Just to get into this division, Matt, um, at first glance, this has to be the toughest one to win or to get into the playoffs because there are so many playoff teams in this division. Well, we're going to preview this season next next week, but I do want to kind of scratch the surface of I agree with you. Every team other than the, um, the Devils, sorry, could probably win this division. Um, mm -hmm. Pittsburgh's always dangerous. The Capitals – uh, with a new coach and the greatest goal scorer of all time. Um, the Bruins being the president's trophy winner coming off last season, the Sabres young, healthy Taylor hall, uh, the Islanders with Barry Trotz always have a shot. And then of course the Rangers who were so hot to end the season. Um, 
got the number one draft pick somehow still making the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's going to be crazy. The kid, Flyers, number one seed in the playoffs. Uh, coming people are out of the saying bubble. that kid Lafreniere is going to make an impact immediately. That's how good he looks um, in preseason camp. So I don't – that should be so much fun. I don't know if you've ever seen the highlights of him in the Swedish league I think he played in. But he's – it looks like there are no other hockey players on the ice. Like he's the only one who could physically skate. And that's not a knock on the league. That's just how easy he makes it look. He's an unbelievable player, and he's huge. Uh, I think he's going to be a generational talent. And you can always tell when that's going to happen, when up to the draft there's a lot of hype about a guy in the NHL because typically the NHL draft gets absolutely zero attention. But everybody knew who the first pick was going to be, and it was Alexis Lafreniere. So, and he's a winger, by the way, and we thought he was a defenseman, but he's a winger. But he made his ways this time last year in the World Juniors where he was the best player in the league or in the tournament. So he is, I think, going to be a big piece of that team, and I can't wait to watch him. Yeah, it's hard to – I mean, so four out of the eight make it. But I'm having trouble picking who's going to win the division. So, like, amplify that by four. Who's in? Yeah. And especially game 51, 52, you're playing the same team for the eighth time. I mean, I can't wait. It's going to be awesome. I know. Oh, also, shout out to Zach. He bought me Screaming Eagle hat with the Screaming Eagle best, retro jersey that I'm not wearing. Best, best Cats logo ever. My dad doesn't not, like it. but Not even close. Not even close. All right, let's talk about the Central. Uh, this is the division that has both Stanley Cup finalists. We'll start with Carolina, Columbus, Dallas, Detroit, Chicago, Florida, Nashville, and Tampa. Usually, the Cup finalists play one time the year after they play, and it's always gets a ton of hype. And we just talked about this with Canada. Now these teams play eight times. There's going to be a legit rivalry formed between the, the Cup finalists from 2020. I think that's going to make for a super interesting dynamic. I hope Dallas beats them eight times. Yeah, me too. <laughs> um, well, what's what's awesome is Tampa, I don't know if they're raising the banner or not because fans won't be there. Like the Lakers didn't raise their banner. They want to wait. But it is their ceremonial, we won the cup, first home game. And they're yeah, playing they're Chicago, who – beat them in 2015 to win the cup. So that's kind of interesting as maybe a little payback. Um, hockey hockey players typically have a, a good memory when it comes to things like that. So, Yeah, this is, this is like the um, Canadian division in that there's a lot of mixing between divisions and even conferences. So it's a lot of teams that don't see a lot of each other. The East – I mean, obviously, they're all in the East, and a lot of them are in the, the Atlantic. So, those teams see a lot of each other already. But in the Canadian division and in the Central division, there's a lot of intermingling. So, these teams, again, play different styles. They usually only see each other once a year if they see each other at all. So, there's a lot of matchups in here that will be basically the first time we've seen them in, like, an expanded sample size. Yeah, it's also weird to see, like, I guess technically this is the Western Conference. It's weird to see a team in Florida 
in the Western Conference. Like, oh yeah, that's the East Coast. Yeah, definitely that is weird. <laughs> All right, we'll go. We'll we'll parlay right into the West. This is Anaheim, Arizona, Colorado, L.A., Minnesota, San Jose, St. Louis, and Vegas. This is another good one. Um, No offense to the other four teams, but right off the bat, I'm already going to tell you who's making the playoffs. Uh, I'm going to shoot myself in the foot here because in five months, everyone's going to be like, you remember when you said? But on record, Arizona, Colorado, St. Louis, Vegas. Because from what I've seen last year, they are far and away better than every other team in this division. So, yeah, I agree with you. Um, I don't want to put the kiss of death on it, so I'm not going to do the same thing and predict that all four of those teams are going to make it. But top to bottom, this has four great teams at the top, and then four teams who were not very good last year. So it could. I don't even want to say this, but I think this is the weakest division depth-wise. But um, I take it back already well, because I don't want anyone to hold me to it. Christian loves St. Louis, and especially last year, yeah. to start the season, he said St. Louis will lead the league or lead their division for one day. And I think they led every day but one all season. You know what? They almost got swept out of the playoffs. So that wasn't the most wrong thing I've ever said on this podcast. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm excited. I'm excited to preview it. I'm excited for hockey because it's so weird that it's almost January and we don't have hockey. Like that's, it's weird for my brain to wrap around that in two days, it'll be the new year and we don't have the winter classic. Yeah, that is sad. They were talking about starting the season outdoors, and it doesn't look like that's going to happen. But for a while, that was the only rumor we heard about this season, was that in the middle of January, the first game was going to be on a pond in Alberta. And just imagine the Battle of Alberta outside. No fans, just literally boards dropped in the middle of a lake in Alberta. Frozen solid. I, I can't even imagine how cool that would have been, but it doesn't look like it's going to happen. I say do it for one game anyway. Yeah, I say I do. I don't care when you do it. Do it in May. Have them fall through the ice. I don't even know how cold it is in Alberta. Maybe maybe they wouldn't. So, as you said, the start of the season, January 13th. Um, so, some other important dates. The trade deadline is April 12th, uh, which is only four weeks before the season ends. Mm-hmm. So, that's, that's going to be interesting. Um, mm-hmm. Trade deadline, I think, is going to probably be – I'm going to use the same words I used for the free agency. It's going to be the Wild West because yeah. you're going to know exactly where you're at, like, after every game, just because there's so much going on. And yeah. so um, the end of the regular season is May 8th. Obviously, these can change because of Rona. Um, hopefully, fingers crossed, by May 8th, we have everyone's vaccinated and we're back to normal, but. I'm being optimistic. Hopefully we can get some fans. Yeah. Um, last possible day of playoffs, July 15th. So the Stanley Cup finals extended into July, which I'm not mad about. No, I'm not um, Expansion draft for Seattle. Yeah. July 21st. So uh, 
we're, we get to see Christian and I, as well as all the other hockey fans, get to see Seattle poach their favorite players. Mm-hmm. Um, the NHL draft is July 23rd and 24th, and then the start of free agency is July 28th. So a packed July of Stanley yeah. Cup finals, expansion draft, NHL draft, free agency, all within two weeks of each other. Um, so hockey won't, once hockey's over, the fun continues for another two weeks. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I think get, the plan is now to get onto a normal schedule for next season, which would yeah. be great. So we get, even though uh, I like watching hockey in the summer, Matt, but that'll be okay. Oh yeah. I'm ready to get back to normal because like I yeah. said, it's so weird that we don't get a winter classic or it's like December 20, whatever it is, 30th. And we don't have. We haven't had hockey for months. Like, I know. It, so. is, it is crazy. Although it was fun to see college football and hockey like on at the same time this year. It was kind of interesting. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Well, we would have so, got the Winter Classic and the semifinals in the same day this year. We would have. That's, that's a missed opportunity. Next by year, the way, go Tigers. I hope we beat Ohio yeah. State by 90. Me too. Um, the number 11th team in Dallas. Country <laughs> <school>. <laughs> it's so disrespectful. So petty. Anyways, let's move on to some news. Uh, a couple downers here. Henrik Lundqvist is having open heart surgery. He's getting a valve replaced in his heart, I think, this week. We learned a couple weeks ago that he was opting out of the season for a heart condition. But we only learned a couple of days ago that he actually had to have open heart surgery on that condition. So thoughts and prayers to him. This is not about hockey. This is about getting better for his family. So we hope everything goes well. And he's back on his feet soon. Yeah, it stinks um, from a professional standpoint because we kind of banked on him to be like our mentor for mm-hmm. Samsonov. But like you said, it's it's bigger than hockey. Um, obviously, we we need him to be here for an ambassador for the sport, as well as a husband and father to his, his wife and kids. So um, we hope all goes well. We're not even really worried about him returning to hockey as, like I said, as much as we are just being there. Um, so prayers to, to him and his family. And we hope he makes us has a successful surgery. Yeah, definitely. Uh, not in other medical news, Jonathan Taze has no timeline. He's announcing he's missing camp and most of the season, at least. He announced he has what sounds like an undiagnosed condition that has him fatigued and lethargic. He said he's staying in Chicago with his doctors to find, like, while his doctors work on finding out what his condition is. But as of now, he has no timeline. Um, Stan Bowman also came out with a, um, statement that said we're here to support Jonathan throughout this whole time and we're not going to rush him back so this sounds like a very serious thing I hope he's okay and it's another thing where you just hope this doesn't affect him after his career yeah um when I first saw this I thought it was like he had COVID and then like these are lingering symptoms that's what I first thought but like you said I think it it has something to do with some condition that the doctors are trying to figure out. So hopefully mm. it's, it's like something that they can slowly figure out and work on. Um, this sucks because he's such a awesome person for this sport, uh, mm. winning three cups. I mean, he was the face of the sport for several years. 
Yeah. Um, and after the, the bubble, the mini bubble season he had, I mean, he carried Chicago past the number five seed Oilers. So uh, pray, prayers with him because we want him back. We want him to play hockey. He's just – he's fun to watch. So. Yep. Okay. Corey Perry has signed a one-year $750,000 deal with Montreal. That's veteran minimum. Um, we said we were surprised he didn't get a little more attention, but he definitely adds a more physical vibe to this Montreal team. He can still put up some goals. He had a pretty good year last year in Dallas before he got suspended and had to do the walk of shame at the Winter Classic. Oh, God. He, wa- he had to walk like half a mile off the ice. I know. I know. And to hear him talk about that is hilarious, too. He was like, it was just as long, if not longer, as it seemed to you guys. He was like, I felt like that run was never going to end. But anyways, it's not what we're here to talk about. I think he adds something to this team. Obviously, it's a good deal for both of them if he's willing to take better minimum. That just means he will do anything to stay in the league. And Montreal doesn't have to give up a lot to get him. So I hope it works out. Uh, I talked about this with you yesterday, Matt. I've been trained as a Bruins fan to hate Montreal. Um, and I think my fellow Bruins fans might forsake me for saying this, but once they got Claude Julian and they started losing and then they started getting a little bit better, I didn't have that hatred for Montreal as I always did. I have it for other teams now. Um, and now that they're not even in our division, I don't really know how I'm going to handle my relationship with the Canadians. I don't know if I cheer for them because of my, my childhood coach, Claude Julian and, the rest of their team, which I tend to like as people. And, of course, Carey Price is one of the best goalies of all time and has nothing to show for it. So, I don't know. I'm, I'm just going to let it happen organically and see what I, see how I behave with the Montreal Canadiens this year. But I really have no reason to hate them other than my dad and all other Bruins fans telling me I have to. <laughs> um, well, my first thought – when you said they signed him was, oh man, small, quick guy. He could probably play really well in the PK, but he like leads the league in penalty minutes every year just because he's such a, I don't even know what the word is. Um, So if he's not in the box, then he can help out on the PK. I I mean, (laughs) if it's league, if it's veteran minimum, why not? If no one signed him. I mean, he's going to probably put up at least 10 goals. Uh, he's going to be a guy that creates chances and is physical after the whistle. And mm-hmm. that's kind of my, my thoughts is why not? Yeah, that's exactly what I thought. Okay. We have a new offside rule that goes into effect this season and in the future. The blue line will now be considered a plane extending upwards instead of a two-dimensional line on the ice. So what that means is a player skate can be above but not across the blue line, and a play will still be considered onside. What do you think? I like it. I don't think it's enough because I hate reviewing offsides, and we talked about this at length so many times. We so, need to stop. In a shortened season, the Bruins are probably going to have six goals called back because of offsides, so you're going to hear plenty of ranting this season. My dad likes to call Christian the offsides Nazi because he's just so – Christian's just so about offside. I don't even know what the – he's just so – I don't like when they call back for outside. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, 
the the plane extending upwards i'm gonna go into my my 2d 3d theory mm-hmm. <laughs> um this we live in a four dimension three-dimensional world and the the fact that offsides has been 2d it's just a line on the ice you have to think three-dimensional you have to think plane extending upwards soccer does it with the goal line college wrestling does it with the ring this on the mat that if your foot is inside the ring, it's a plane extending upwards. Uh, they, this this should have been done years ago. Mm-hmm. So yep. football football operates on a plane because uh, you're this, this yeah, is how yeah, the world if they cross the if the football crosses the goal line of the plane. Um, yeah. uh, your argument is it has to be a plane because the puck most of the time goes in the net. It's not crossing the ice. Yeah. it's not not breaking the line physically um and that's a perfect argument i I mean we live in a three-dimensional world so and it's a three-dimensional sport so that's how it has to go there you go yep we both we both like it i think they should i don't think they should eradicate offsides i think we should put more trust in our linesmen to make the right call and maybe not review it, or maybe you have to review it in real time. Or the best solution, I think, to me, is you get 30 seconds to review it. And if you can't come up with anything, then you got to leave. And you keep the call as is. Well, you can't eradicate offsides because Sidney Crosby would have 700 goals because all he does is camp at the blue line. Well, you'd think think (laughs) that would increase goals, but I really don't think it would. I think one defenseman would stay in his own zone the entire game. Well, then it's four on four. Yeah, that's what I think it would be. No. Anyway, I, okay, I, I do agree with the the review limit because isn't yeah. isn't football doing that? There, there's a certain amount of time some, until some college football conferences are doing it. Good, the ACC is not one of them. Twenty minutes on a touchdown review is a little much. Like, yeah, yeah, I think that definitely in all sports <clears throat> there should be a review limit because if you're not coming up with anything in that point, then it didn't change the game enough, you know. I, th- I also Especially think with it's, offside. it's 2020 and we have 8K cameras. Like, we can tell. That, so, <laughs> like, looking back and zooming in and looking at different angles for 20 minutes yeah. isn't going to do anything. Yeah, you think they're playing, like, cards in the review booth or something? <laughs> they have to them be. way longer than it should. Okay, they're calling Toronto and they're, like, smoking cigars, like, playing, oh, you got to. Uh... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They're playing poker. Okay, the World Junior Championships are happening right now. Team USA is two and one. They lost their first game five to three to Russia. Uh, one of them was an empty net goal, but that doesn't obviously matter for goal differential. Every goal counts the same. Then they won eleven nothing over Austria. Uh, Austria is a joke. But their biggest win of the tournament comes against Czech Republic, who just beat Russia two to nothing, and the U.S. smoked them seven nothing yesterday at eleven or. 12 p.m. local time, two here. So they got Sweden on deck next tomorrow, December 31st at 9.30. That'll be a great game. But great showing against Czech Republic. Very encouraging for me as a fan. I thought they looked amazing against that. What do you think, Matt? Yeah, uh, we we struggled against Russia. And I think Spencer Knight, uh, who's the goalie for Team USA, he had to do – he had to change something because back-to-back shutouts, I mean – Austria is not anything special. Uh, no offense to Austria. I think 
Zach, my brother Zach pulled up the stat you were talking about, and in two games they've been outshot 138 to 16. Um, so, yeah, I mean, when you only face six shots all game, but the shutout against Czech Republic is pretty special because they beat Russia, who beat us. So, mm-hmm. um, I, I'm a big fan of Spencer Knight. I'm a big fan of this team, and uh, I think we're really going to see what we're made of against Sweden because if we can beat them, then it's, it's on against Canada, uh, hopefully into the medal round. So, yeah, Sweden is the best team in our, uh, group so far. I think it's group A. Canada is in group B. Um, Austria, this is their first year in the tournament in a while. Denmark got relegated and Austria joined the fray and there's no relegation this year because of COVID. So we're going to have to suffer through, Austria losses next year too. And you're then saying we're Denmark. gonna have to suffer when we won eleven to nothing. I, I Austrians think, have to suffer another year. I mean, it was, it was painful watching an eleven nothing win over Austria. It was actually sad. Just watching, I don't. Yeah, there were six shots on net, and they all came in the first period. I'm pretty sure. Well, I do want to point out that <clears throat> Canada is to me, by far the best team. Uh, they mm. beat Germany 16-2. to two. And Germany um, is the most loved either. They're like, they beat Slovakia, who Canada only beat 3-1. to one. And they Granada took... They had a lot of shots. Yeah, they beat Slovakia. Yeah, I was about to say they took them to overtime, but they beat them. Um, well, the stat that I saw that was crazy about that game is Canada had more draft picks than Germany had skaters. Um, and we've talked about this. It's a little weird that the reigning heart trophy winner is German yet. They, they don't have enough skaters to compete with Canada. Just, I don't, yeah. you would think that if the best player in the world voted on is Leon Dreisaitl, that they would, you know, maybe be like, Oh, we should, we should try to get more people into this sport. Maybe it's like, maybe like a bunch of 12 year olds have decided to play because of Dreisaitl. I'm like, in six years, they'll have a great World Juniors team. That's what okay. I'm guessing. Okay, hopefully. Although they're they they won the World Cup in soccer, so they can they yeah, don't have exactly. to be good at hockey until they stink at soccer again. They can, yeah. they can stick with that. <laughs> all right, Matt. That's all I got for today. That's all I got. Well, so weekly. Yep, we're back to weekly. Coming back next because... week. Go ahead. Yeah, next week we got a preview. We got a recap of the 2020 bubble, uh, the pre-COVID hockey season, as much as there was. Uh, And then we'll get right into the next season. We're going to preview each division, who we think is going to make the playoffs. We'll start our predictions now. We'll date ourselves probably immediately. Like first game, our Stanley Cup champion that we pick is going to get beat 15 to nothing, and they're going to quit the season. Yeah, that's usually how it goes. Yeah, just because we don't know how to – Thing. And then the week after that, hockey's back. So, yep. And we'll have a lot to talk about. So, we're excited to be back on schedule. We love talking hockey. So, thank everybody for listening. We'll see you next week. Peace. See ya.